We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome in to your Wednesday, May 10th edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. If you happen to miss yesterday's podcast, part two of the draft introduction series took place where we were able to connect with and get some information on um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, able to also get some time on Cam Mitchell. Both of those are uh, second time coming through for some of those folks over at UCLA and Northwestern. That's kind of cool. We've been doing it long enough to have repeat visitors. And then lastly, Mahmoud Diabate from Utah, the linebacker, who is an interesting prospect in the UDFA market. We talked with somebody from there, too. So still a little bit to go to finish that introduction series up, but wanted to let you know, in case you missed it, that part two was released. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Spade, where we are going to continue our topic from last week, talking about, uh, really, we're going to hit more on the cultural aspect of the Browns. So uh, I think last week, Andrew, we hit on process versus results thinking Mm -hmm. and today we dig in a little bit deeper into more of how they're going to try to use the process to fix the results so what's up buddy how are you i'm good jake um yeah i think uh i think it is it's you know what i just said to you off air is is you know i think the thing is that these guys don't say much when they do press, you know, or whatever, but they're, you know, so you have to really imply or, you know, uh, try and understand things from, from their actions. And I would just say that, you know, them spending, what is it a week or something like that down at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, you know, to start training camp feels uh, like a real departure from where they've been in years past. Um, I mean, literally and figuratively. Uh, And, you know, there was a report that, you know, they wanted, they were asking the NFL to get back to back West coast games, right. Cause they play the NFC West this year. So they got to go out West a few times. Um, so they wanted those to be back to back so they could spend some time out there uh, away from Cleveland and, and kind of, you know, have that camaraderie build that way. Um, so, you know, just a few things. I mean, we also, we kind of mentioned at the end of last week, the, the signing of Rodney McLeod, you know, he's definitely one of those veteran guys that has done that, has been there, you know, has a lot of uh, experience to his name. And so, 
um, you know, somewhere between adding veterans and trying to put the team in situations where they kind of have to bond and come together. It's obvious to me that Kevin Stefanski and, and probably Andrew Barry, you know, are really trying to put the team in positions where they can have a little bit more chemistry and togetherness than they have in years past. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think it, it got covered at the time, but it, it doesn't probably get talked about enough that the last two seasons, the Browns have had a veteran player kind of ask to quit the team in the middle of the season or in Clowney's case, towards the end of the season. But either way, like it's it's not a good look when your head coach two, two years in a row, things get to such a point where a, a, a veteran player feels empowered enough to say, yeah, I'm good. I, I, I'm ready to be done with this team. I think it's certainly worth talking about uh, in a way that is uh, beyond just like surface level concerns, right? The concerns to me are are a bit deeper here. And I think they're the root of how you go from being a team that wins close games to loses close games. And, you know, dating back to the OBJ thing and now obviously Clowney, I, I, I do think, you know, I do think that there are types of people who can handle I, I, this. I, I said it a week ago, Andrew, and, uh, I don't I don't know if I've ever heard a quote that I I really have thought about, but I believe uh, more so than when I heard it. I'm like, I, I've thought that, but I don't believe I didn't really buy into it until I, I kind of heard somebody else say it, which is a little weird to admit out loud. But like some guys just are not wired to be in losing locker rooms like there are just players that are wired to be around winning. And if they're not around winning, they're ticking time bombs. And I think the Browns are until they start winning 12, 13 games on a regular basis, they really need some mentally strong individuals to help them get there. And I do think to your larger point here, they're trying to do as much as they can to build that, uh, whatever that is. I Sometimes there's not even a name for it. I don't know if you agree with me or not, I do. but chemistry, I guess, is the, the umbrella term we use, but whatever sort of brotherhood that you can build. And it's tough. It's so tough because this is a job for these guys, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't choose Cleveland. Some of them did, not all of them. A majority of them didn't choose Cleveland. Cleveland chose them. So it's different than college where you buy into something bigger, right? You go to Ohio state or you go to LSU, you buy into something bigger than name more on the front. So I think they're trying to build that And there. You know, we've, we've also talked about their, uh, their their outward admission that they've gone away from now building the Browns to unleashing this uh, roster, right? <laughs> and I and I don't think that that is. I mean, it sounds kind of goofy to say because it's, they're yeah. just titles, but I do think right. it. When Kevin has said that it is, we're not building anymore. We're ready to go. They're admitting it. So what they're saying is, we have enough talent now. We need to be doing everything we can to take this talent and make them form some kind of bond, which is a huge challenge in the NFL. If winning doesn't some again, some of these historic franchises, I think this is in in an area where some of the other franchises have a leg up. They've won enough that when guys do get selected, and I'm thinking like you, we always ask, how does Pittsburgh keep doing this? Or in the short time Baltimore has been around, right. they've established a standard. Green Bay's established a standard. Like I was thinking about this when Green Bay's having a semi teardown, obviously kind of, of reshaping their organization, how weird it will be to see Green Bay pick inside the top 10 if they're picking inside the top 10. So there's just, there's like that. What, what I'm saying is some guys arrive into those sort of, 
uh, for again, lack of a better term, cultures or brotherhoods, and they just they fit in. And it's like you can't figure out why does that guy look better in a Green Bay uniform, play better, look better than he does in Cleveland or something of the sort, right? So I guess what I'm getting at is it feels like they're trying to figure out that see that little piece of something they're missing mm-hmm. by doing the things they're doing. Now, I don't we could have had Fred Greetham on here to talk about the history of Brown's training camps because Fred has done this for a while and he's got great stories of doing unique things. He used to cover uh, the team and work for the team for a period of time. I, I know they used to go away and going team, every team going away to training camp used to be a very yep. normal thing. That's right. It's not anymore. And I can't remember the last time they weren't in Berea for a week period of time right. during training camp. So mm-hmm. to me, that feels massive. Like that feel like they're the stakes are being I guess what I'm getting at, Andrew, is they're doing the things we're talking about that we're talking about, but the stakes are raised, and I feel like they're recognizing mm-hmm. that the stakes are raised. Their actions, the way they're trying to build this thing together, they're trying to compete against the best in the preseason with Philly. They are doing everything they can to send the message from them unleashed, but also send it in a way that we can be actionable off of this message we believe. We're going to go away to training camp. We're going to try to get two weeks straight from the NFL where we can all stay together and form a little, uh, you know, different time zone traveling. Cause I think they only leave the Eastern time zone once I believe. So they're th- like, they're trying everything they can to form a brotherhood the best they can. If that makes sense. Cause that's the, we always look at the roster and say, this group is talented enough. <laughs> like, I feel like we right. say it all the time, right? This group on paper is talented enough, but they're missing something. So I do find some level of appreciation for going about this in a different way. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, the, the question, the, you know, the last few years, the results haven't been what they wanted after making the playoffs in 2020. And, you know, there's been some talk of, you know, is the roster maybe not as good as, as Browns fans think it is, you know, is it, I mean, last year did the, did the lack of, of talent at, at defensive tackle and, and then the, you know, the injuries at linebacker kind of doom the defense, you know, or is this more about the coaching staff not getting, you know, uh, enough out of the players that, that this front office has assembled. And it, it feels to me based on, you know, the, the moves that they're, they're kind of making to try and, you know, get guys to play together more. It, it feels to a certain extent, like they're agreeing Right, um, uh, that with the idea that the talent is there, and it, it really is about getting it all to click, um, and, and you know that that really puts the the coaching staff in the spotlight, right? I mean, one part of this is is the change from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz, and what that will mean for the defense, uh, and and obviously you know Schwartz has done it, so so there's going to be some respect from the players there that I think will help even the head coach, but you know if if you ask me the two questions that I have about Kevin Stefanski. Um, you know, number one is probably this issue, right? And and then number two would be the flexibility in his offense and and adapting it to to work with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. That that we're going to see for sure in the fall, right? The proof will be in the pudding. Yeah. We, we, you know, you'll you'll be able to break down the tape every week and say, oh, they're doing this, that, and the other thing, and and it's a different offense than it was last year, or they haven't changed it enough, and they're still they're you know they're still a little too predictable with their running game and, and it's, it's hurting them. So we'll know that for sure. Um, but like you said, you, you kind of can't, it's not even that there's not even really a word for this. It's so intangible, but the idea of chemistry or um, you know, camaraderie or these sorts of words, I mean, 
you know, the only time we really get to see anything like it is when you watch a movie, you know, you watch Remember the Titans or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's what it looks like when a brotherhood of of players comes together. It's like, I don't know, you know, what it looks like in the NFL. I mean, to your point, it looks like the successful franchises, right? It looks like, uh, you know, the Chiefs trading for Kadarius Toney, who couldn't, you know, be bothered to show up to practice in New York. And all of a sudden he goes to Kansas City. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm into this now, you know. So, but, but as we said last week, Andrew Barry's not going to stop uh, bringing in guys like Dewan Jones. You know, that's that's how he sees value. So um, it's up to the coaching staff to get these guys to to buy in, even ahead of the wins showing up to a certain extent. Like they 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 can't wait to see the wins because they got to be ready to go in September. They can't have another slow start. They can't. And we spoke about this at the end of 22 i think you and i did quite a few of those post-game shows where yeah. we're just talking about this element is missing with yep. kevin and it's not to say that it all falls in kevin's lap i think that they went out and proved that they thought other elements of coordinators exactly it fell in their lap too but kevin is going to ultimately be the one that catches the biggest of the axes if he can't figure this out and uh, I guess what we are saying here is that we are appreciative, uh, Andrew and I, of the process they're showing to try to solve this. It's not just going to be, well, we'll show up in Berea the same way we always do, and maybe they'll come together this year. No, they're identifying what has been a major cultural weakness for two seasons and trying to do whatever they can. And the NFL rules make it hard. It's harder right. than it used to be because of the limitations on time allotment together. Right. Uh, so it's like... It's just another element to the whole thing. And and whether we want to admit it or not, there is a stigma within this franchise of Murphy's Law. It just is there. We saw it play out in Jets uh, in the Jets game this past season. It still lingers, that feeling within what can go wrong will go wrong. And I think they're still trying to do uh, not only add that into the puzzle, but but the team uh, you know, camaraderie. And again, we're throwing around these like like sports buzzwords, and they I really hate are. doing that, but 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 it really <laughs> It, they wouldn't be things if they weren't there. Right. And I'm, I've am i been around two types of lockers myself, just small level stuff that I've done uh, that are like this. You, you can you can sense when it's there and you can sense when it's not there. And I think that they have sensed that we have enough talent in a, in a way that's different. Like those teams for 22 of the, I don't know how many years have they been back now, 23 if we haven't included this season, but we throw in 99. Like there have not been many times where this roster is actually talented enough, like 2008 maybe, mm-hmm. uh, whereas like a team you could figure out like if they if they came together, the roster was talented. There have not been a ton of talented rosters that have just lacked this part of it, and I think that I think that this is the the, the true admission from them that they have everything they need, but they're trying to find that non tangible aspect that takes you to the finish line when you're when your history when your culture hasn't naturally brought that for you when there's a stigma of losing a stink of losing around you how do we kick that away well let's do everything we can within our power to try to eliminate that and bring guys together and get them to buy into what their vision is and not what the nfl's long time vision is of this franchise so uh, again like i said a minute ago we are buying into the process they're putting in place the results will they come i don't know but we're buying into the process and there's only this is the one route to fixing it. The other route is Deshaun Watson being unbelievably good. That's it. Like, because <laughs> right, right. like if, if he is, uh, if you take last year and you put the best form of Deshaun Watson on the football field, they find a way to 10 wins. They just do. So he's able to overcome it. And you might ask yourself, you'll continue to be like, well, why do quarterbacks make so much money? That's because they're, they're the guys that can overcome 
yeah. the, the, the weaknesses, whether both tangible on the roster and non-tangible in the culture of the, of the organization. Cause you brought up Kadarius Tony, which I think was so good. He's buying into Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's it. Right. You know, yeah. so like, mm-hmm. and Andy Reid helps don't get it twisted, but like, there's something about that quarterback that, that just uh, Joe Burrow shows up in Cincinnati and takes them to places they have not been before. And that's what you're hoping Deshaun is. And that's why you pay $230 million for it. So they're doing what they can from the, um, from the position of head coach and front office that they can. I like th- that process, but then, you know, you also hope that the quarterback is able to provide some element of lifting that thing up too, to, to a yeah. point where he can overcome cultural aspects within the franchise and uh, maybe gaps in the team camaraderie. Right. So yeah. they're doing from, from the Brown side, the process though, I think is, is pretty strong right now. So we'll take a break. We're going to take our only break of this one. We're going to come back and then we have a little exercise on the roster. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think we could both admit that there are a couple positions. Uh, I think you and I settled on four that the Browns could uh, serve well to go out and get a Rodney McLeod of that position. Not to mm-hmm. say there is one just floating out there like that. 
but and I promise so we'll get to Rodney McLeod in more detail later on. Just a bit chaotic with draft season and stuff. We'll get there. We've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> so. Um, so looking at four that you and I named defensive tackle, edge, running back, linebacker, you only get to solve two of those. Uh, now, again, we're in a world now where Andrew Barry should be trying to solve all of them. But yep. if we're saying in this hypothetical sense, you can only solve two of them. What are the two biggest of those four that you would be trying to solve? I mean, I, if I'm running the team, I'm not satisfied with the linebacker room right now. Um, I, I get the sense that they are just because of the the players in there and the, the way their contracts are structured. I, I think they, they probably think they've got their guys, um, but I, I'm not. The idea that that you know two of the three most difference making linebackers in the room, Walker and Taki Taki, are not you know currently healthy and and you know ended the season on IR does not fill me with confidence. Um, now you know I think that the Schwartz defense is going to look different than than Joe Woods's defense, and so maybe that keeps these guys a little bit cleaner and they're able to make more plays and they they look less overwhelmed. But um, you know there were there were there were times last year where the defensive line played really badly. And then there were other times last year where between injuries and, and poor performance, the linebackers were just lost, whether it's in run defense or in pass coverage. And um, they got picked on in that area of the field. Um, So, you know, to me, I, I don't, I, as I said before, I think they think they're done. So I don't expect this to happen, but I would be, I would love for them to try and add another difference making player to push, you know, an Anthony Walker or Sione Takitaki into more of a reserve role. Um, that that would be my first choice. Okay, mine would be defensive tackle. I, I continue to look at this, and I love Dalvin Tomlinson's uh, signing. I think it's great, but who's starting beside him? Yep. Uh, I mean, yep. you could say, uh, you know, um, Apu Ika is going to start there, who they drafted, but like, that's a guy I have, have breaking down the tape that I only want playing 15 to 25 snaps at an absolute maximum. Otherwise, right. you're still dealing. You go right into the Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai mix mm-hmm. in like I, I think they need a starting three technique like or if you wanted to say you're starting Dalvin at the three, which is, again, a position I don't think he excels at compared to the shade. You're you're still looking at trying to figure out, OK, if if Ika's going to start there, we need somebody meaningful rotating in because. Those other players are going to play snaps and you can, I don't want to expect 330 pound Dalvin Tomlinson and 355 pound uh, Siaki Ika to play all of those snaps. Like I don't want them in the forties or fifties. That's not That's right. realistic here. Yep. I, I think the linebacker group, it, you're, you're very well stated from you. I have had concerns about it dating to the draft, but if I get, if I look at my top line players at that position, uh, I, I think JOK and Anthony Walker, if they're right, can be fine, right? Still Agreed. huge help. Agreed. Huge help. But right now, like, who's starting next to Dalvin Tomlinson? I'm well, really concerned about that. And uh, maybe you can calm my fear down. But, like, I just see <laughs> a lot of the people that we were mad about them playing last year yeah. feel like they're right back in the front of the bus to play this year because the other people keep saying, well, they had signed Tristan Hill and Mohurst. Mohurst hasn't played a season that's mattered since 2019. Tristan Hill yeah. has been a perpetual disappointment wherever he has been whether yep. dallas or arizona so i'm concerned there i'm really concerned like i and i, I, I just answer some things and some others but like yeah go ahead no i i mean this is this is i mean you you can tell the people i was burning up slack at the end of march saying if they th- really think maurice hurst and tristan hill are going to give them something this year they are really misguided i mean it's just it's a such a strange bet 
to go this far to fixing the position. So, so big money on Dalvin Tomlinson. They draft Ika. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it makes the most sense that those are your two. That those, that's your one and two at uh, at at the one tech, right? That's Tomlinson starts. Ika spells him, and maybe in obvious run situations, they get them both in there. Uh, but but what they're doing at three tech, uh, you know, I, I don't. I've never thought, you know, I mean, since his rookie season when he showed a few flashes, Jordan Elliott hasn't been that player. Tommy Togiai certainly isn't that player. He's. I think he's pretty much off the roster at this point given the better the, hope yeah exactly the, the the drafting of Ika seems to seems to telegraph that so it's some combination of Hurst Hill Winfrey God forbid and um and Elliot you need to t- pick two of those four and they just cut Ben Stilley today right so yep. um you got to pick two of those four to be your your three techs though because they'll probably keep four four tackles and I don't want any of those four guys in a starting role. So they they are absolutely one short. Um, I just have harped on it for so long, and they haven't they haven't done the thing that now I'm kind of thinking they probably won't again. It's making me uncomfortable. I should I didn't even mention Winfrey. I, I guess I should. It's just such a it's been yeah. such a weird off season of his legal trouble, and then coming off of a, a rather disappointing season where it seems like to the point we just had before the break where maturity was such a serious question about exactly. the guy. I, he does deserve to be mentioned. I I don't know where his career ultimately lands, but like, yeah, I mean, I, if I could just pick one, I would take Matt Ioannidis or Shelby Harris, like a couple others like 100%. right now. So yep. um, that's where we'll leave it. They've got it. They've got, if they don't fix that stuff, I will, I will once again be pretty disappointed because I don't think you're breaking the bank. Uh, for those guys at all. The other right, one I would do it's low hanging fruit. That's I mean that's just yeah. such a, that's a good way of putting it, Jake, is that you did the hard part, right? You got Dalvin Tomlinson to sign. Now do the easy part and give somebody 5 million dollars, you know? Like yeah. that's it's it doesn't <laughs> impact your comp picks. Too, exactly. You know? It's just it's it's just it's it's a no-brainer at this point. They've got the cap space and it just it just puts you one, you know, one move closer to to kind of having not any glaring holes. I mean, you know, people like to say well, you know, no team is is flawless, but I, I don't know about trying to win the AFC North with one defensive tackle. Makes you uncomfortable. I know there have been people who have talked about edge and adding another guy, like I like Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston would be great for me. Sure. If we're doing this hypothetical where they only can add another one, though, I I sit here and I'm like pretty nervous about running back behind Nick Chubb, and and Nick is. Uh, again, I'm, I'm knocking on wood. He's as durable as they seem to come, but we have seen a stretch without him in 2021, I believe. So it is, it's not fun. <laughs> we'll we'll right. say that they, again, they might like Jerome Ford a lot more than we have publicly understood, but I don't know where they're going without him. They have this Hassan Hall from Georgia tech, but like they need to sign or, or trade. I, I've seen some floated names out there in the trade market for a decent backup running back here. So uh, I, I think if I am just to pick one, I would pick solving the second running back uh, in this situation because I do expect them to use running backs, not just in uh, the, the workload of running the football, the traditional sense we've seen, but I do think they're going to be involved in the pass game still a decent amount too. And I don't want to drag my feet too long on figuring out that person. I'd love to have that guy in for OTAs and things like that. So I think while I understand edge and linebacker and you can make a case, I guess for the sake of being a little different, I would like a running back 
I was thinking they would draft one. And I'm honestly, that's the one position I'm surprised they did not draft mm-hmm. uh, as it was a running back. So yeah, we're, we're left sort of swimming out here and some veterans have been scooped up that of the, that were of the most interest. I think JD McKissick, right. It had gotten, um, yep. so I could be wrong on who, who that is, but I think he'd gotten like a very cheap deal. It's not like you're going to pay much for another running back to put in this group. And I, I would only be disappointed. I can't say only they, they could sign some others, but I don't want them even flirting the idea of bringing Kareem Hunt back. I don't yeah. think that's the case, but yeah. uh, they didn't totally shut the door the other day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, running back to me just sits there. And like like I mentioned, there are some trade ideas out there too, but I don't want to get too deep into trading for a back. So I hope they could figure out some sort of uh, answer in the market. But but I, I, I think that, like I said, the offense is evolving, and I think there's a chance for a guy to come in and get some some snaps. Yeah, it's really interesting what they've chosen to do and sort of not do here, right? Like, um, you know, we we thought a change at tight end to to that would kind of push Harrison Bryant down the pecking order made sense. They did that. Obviously, we thought they need to re overhaul the wide receiver room. They're in the process of doing that. They've made a lot of changes there. Um, subtracting Dearness Johnson and and Kareem Hunt and adding nobody, you know, I'm not counting a UDFA. Um, that that's interesting to me. It's really interesting to me because it, it seems to indicate a level of confidence in Nick Chubb, the pass catcher that, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not buying that necessarily. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's bad at it. He's great on screens, but you know, I mean, I love the allure of the change of pace back. And um, yeah. you know, like you said, they obviously have a lot of confidence that Jerome Ford's going to be that guy. Um, Nick but, trying to catch the football is like he's 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 able to do it. He's athletic enough to do about anything in the world, but he looks so annoyed doing it. It's <laughs> just like, why are you asking me to do this? I hate yeah, it. Just yeah, stop. But I'll do it. Right. But I yeah, hate it. It's like yeah, it's like the uh, the kid that goes and visits his grandmother, and all of a sudden she's got him out mowing the lawn. It's like okay, I mean, I guess I'll do, I guess I'll do it, Grandma. You know, yeah. yeah there's there's there. No, you're right. There's a there's an obligation to it, and. And he he seems to like I I he often seems to really like slow down his feet to 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 get the ball and you know he he's not I mean the best way to say it is he's not natural at it he can do it but he's not natural at it and yeah. so um, you know I think we really talked for a long time this offseason about you know a pass catching back um, and and you know the fact that they haven't done that is surprising to me I will just say on edge. Um, you know, it's an interesting area there because I think they definitely have enough bodies now uh, with drafting Isaiah McGuire. Um, but it's it's one where there's so many available veterans that it is a little tempting to just add one tempting. more piece yeah. to just kind of, yeah. you know, just a just pro a, football focus put out today. Uh, Frank Clark was like their prediction. Yeah, right? they could. They could. Right? I mean, Justin Houston or some of the others. Andrew Barry has had a long term, uh, you know, interest in Yannick Ngakwe. I know he's a little pricier, but yeah. You drop somebody like that in there, and now all of a sudden Miles is playing sixty percent of the snaps, and you're not mm-hmm. experiencing a huge down downgrade in 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 pass rush when he's out. You know um, that that could be incredibly valuable to them, just in terms of keeping him fresh. You could potentially bump Alex Wright inside some more. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so it, that it's I think in terms of priority, it's probably fourth on this list, but. It's the I think it's the richest group remaining, and so the yeah. idea of them getting a real cheap deal on somebody that's just kind of, you know, kind of like you know maybe Deshaun calls him and says, "Hey man, let's go let's go try and win this thing," you know, like that's it's 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 very appealing. I'll say that. Yeah, it's not maybe the most important need, but it is the one that could still, uh, to your point, 
um, it, it sits with the most talent and it could have the biggest impact. One of the biggest impacts, especially over running back and linebacker. So right. I'm into, I just want as many professional, I don't want to bank on young guys. So I want as many yeah. professional defensive linemen that we could possibly get a hold mm-hmm. of because you just, you salivate watching San Francisco, you salivate watching some of these great defensive lines yeah, exactly. in Philadelphia yep. included, mm-hmm. obviously. And you're like, I want that. That yep. should be Waves. the goal. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're not overwhelmingly talented guys at other places, but they come into your organization. They fit, they, they fit a role. They fill a need. They get the right snap count numbers, and they they play so fast, and that should be what the Browns are hoping to do. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and, a lot of positions, man. To Go your ahead. point, where they're at, you know, from the beginning of this, we talked about they're done building, they're they're arrived, right? They've got the expensive quarterback. The goal is to win the division. They're they're unleashing themselves. Go get all four. What is the reason not to get go get all four? None of these guys are going to break the bank. You could probably address each of these positions for three million dollars a piece, which still leaves you where you need to be cap wise. You know, because they've got the John Johnson contract coming off the books here at the end of the month. Go do all four. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe they're waiting on some of them to be super aggressive until the turnover in the nine and a half. And I know they can do a lot. They can do plenty before that, but they could right. get really aggressive after. So we'll see, man. They should be all in. And we are looking for more and more things that indicate it. We feel pretty good about it. They've done a lot of things that tell us they are all in. But if you want to push it across the finish line, I'd hate to be regretting in October when you just maybe we should have signed this player uh, before the season or something along those lines. That's always a really regretful feeling. So we want to put some attention on positions that still need addressed. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast, Andrew, myself, we appreciate you coming in, stopping by and joining us. You know, I appreciate Andrew's insights. Like I said, check out part two of the uh, draft introduction series. There'll be one more of those later this week. And then we'll obviously be hitting on the schedule, which comes out Thursday. uh, And it should be fascinating to see what the change of ownership uh, around the games and and kind of claiming those games and then the prime time requirements being lifted possibly two Thursday night games for certain teams now it's going to be a bit crazy so we'll get into all of that and I know the OBR will having its own uh, showing uh, its own special on YouTube and Twitch where we break that down as well so plenty of football content still coming your way this week thanks for stopping by on a Wednesday hopefully the middle of your week is going great we appreciate you being here have a great day and go Browns.